Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I was going over the prophetic word that uh, the Lord gave Nancy at the beginning of last year and uh, reflecting on the prophetic. And the reason I did that is I was shocked this past week. I was listening to a radio program, one of those late night ones, you know, where you never know what you're going to hear about aliens or whatever. But often they have, they used to have um, Missler all the time on there. Um, Can't think of his first name. John Missler. Chuck, Chuck Missler. A, A very profound Christian apologist and, and uses um, science and, and yeah. stuff to, to bring that about. But um, they were interviewing a Christian writer that I had have read some of his writings before. He was known in the Christian uh, arena. Uh, and um, in the interview, they asked him about, what about prophecy? And he says, I don't believe in prophecy. I have not seen one prophetic word that has ever been given come to pass. And you could tell that the, the person uh, doing the interview was taken back by that. Right. Knowing the man's history. Knowing his past. He was taken back by that a little bit. And there was a moment of what you never want on the radio of dead silence. But he came back and he said, well, what about biblical prophecy? And the man said, I don't believe in biblical prophecy. Nothing has ever that has been prophesied has come to pass. And the interviewer said, well, what about the prophecies over Christ and his return and the end of the age? He said, every generation believes that we're at the end of an age. He believes their generation is probably the last generation. I I had to put this in perspective as I listened to it, and I went, this is a pattern that I've seen with many of my friends over the past uh, decade that have walked with the Lord, that have slowly given up on, you know, the Lord delayeth his coming, and uh, the things I used to believe, I don't believe any longer. And there, there's a real pattern, and I believe as we move into um, the end of an age, it says people will cast off their faith. They'll depart from their faith. And it's a scary thing to do that. It's a good thing for your faith to go from faith to faith and to change. And I mean, um, for example, I used to know everything. Now I find out what I know is very small in comparison to all that's yet to be discovered. But that should not be, and if that's the case for you, it should not be uh, that all of a sudden you no longer believe, but you 
believe differently and more so that God is who he says he is and that Jesus Christ is true and can be counted on. One of the things I believe, I believe in forgiveness. I believe in forgiveness. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis. Could we put that up that I would like to uh, uh, read? Everyone, everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. One of the things I want to bring out about forgiveness is this. Often the Christians because I walk mostly in the Christian realm, we equate forgiveness with justice. And they're two separate things entirely. You coming to a place of forgiveness does not mean you are necessarily going to see justice as you think it should be. They are two completely different things. But do you not often equate with, well, I, I want to forgive, Lord, but they need to see what they've done. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I want others to know also that I've been victimized. Yeah. I've been hurt. I've been betrayed. I've been, things have happened to me. See, when we want, we want that as a part of forgiveness, we're looking for justice. And they're two separate things. And I want to focus on forgiveness because I believe 2020 is going to be one of the years of the Holy Spirit or one of the themes of the Holy Spirit for this coming year and for um, our lives in the Christian church is forgiveness to really operate out of forgiveness. The Holy Spirit wants to impact the church, impact our lives. And the best way for him to do that is for us to learn to walk in forgiveness. I want, looking at 2019, to be honest with you, 2019 was not one of my favorite years. Apparently, 1989 was. <laughs> because one time, uh, we had a New Year's Eve thing here, big, big bash. And it was like 2004 or five, I think. And when the clock struck, I got up and welcomed everybody. Welcome to 1989. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll have to do some reflecting there. But it must have been a good year because it was in my head. Amen. But 2019 was a year full of trial, difficulty, challenge for many of us. And, and, and for me, we, we experienced loss on, on many different planes and different levels in my wife and I's life and in our family, in our church. One of those things that I believe God was working and is working in us still to this day 
is, is the level of forgiveness we're willing to walk in. You know, the level of forgiveness that you're willing to walk in has direct correlation once again with the level of recognition you want that you were hurt, that you were victimized, that you were trespassed against, that something happened to you, you were betrayed, you, were, you had a loss, you know. Um, our children, our, our daughter and son-in-law are working through the loss that's in their life. And as we look at their lives, we can also uh, relate to that from the sense of having lost a child ourselves. And uh, it's, a, it's a process, but one of it is literally learning to forgive God. My God has never failed, except for that one time, and maybe that other time, and maybe here, and maybe here. You know, the reality is things happen. Hurtful things, difficult things, challenging things, devastating things can happen in a, a person's life. And out of all of those things, do you want forgiveness or do you want justice? It comes down to those two things. You want justice? Vengeance. <laughs> He's even got, yeah, that, that's that prophetic. <laughs> yeah, forgiveness is good, justice is good, but vengeance is best. <laughs> uh. Kill him. We're going to read out of the book of uh, Genesis, chapter 45, here for a minute. This is the story of Joseph and his brothers. This is a story about forgiveness. This is a story about how to forgive, different ways that, that you can tell forgiveness has really found its place. Forgiveness has really found a home in your life. I'm going to attempt this message. I preached this message nearly a year ago, and I was told that it was the worst message I've ever preached, that it bordered on false teaching, and that it was uh, not received. It was great. I'm going to try it again. Yeah. So the story of Joseph is he's got these brothers. And God began to give Joseph dreams when he was young. And his father honored him with a special coat of many colors and kind of honored him above all of his brothers. I think Joseph uh, liked it, yes. He liked the, the idea that he stood out uh, above his brothers, and they became quite jealous of him. 
And at the right time, given the right opportunity, they conspired together and they said, let's kill him. But they didn't kill him. God preserved him. And the one brother said, well, you know, let's don't. Let's sell him into slavery. And they sold him, and off he went on this journey. Now, I believe that Joseph, in learning about forgiveness, also wanted, at times, justice. He was the victim of. He was victimized. He probably had moments where he hated his brothers. He spent time in jail. He spent time in servitude. He spent time in a, probably in a cage, you know, being transported. God would bring him through things. He would get elevated and he would go back and be debased again. Paul the apostle said, I've learned both to abound and to be abased. But what the outcome was with Joseph is this. These few words, we'll get to them. Let's read. Joseph could stand it no longer in verse 1 of uh, chapter 45. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. We'll get back to that. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. That's called uh, in... Sid vernacular, the chickens came home to roost. (laughs) Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. What you meant for evil, what was meant for evil, but God meant it for good. Something there, he said, but God. Why was he able to see that? What will make the difference in your life coming this year in forgiveness is seeing that God was in it all along writing your story. God was writing your story, is writing your story, and has a plan and an outcome for you. But the moment you take your eyes off of seeing, but God is in this story in my life, and let me tell you, some of those things are not pleasant. It's a bad chapter. It's a rough chapter in your life. It's a terrible chapter in your life. But God is still writing the story. But God meant it for good. Now, here's an interesting thing. Joseph sent everybody out of the room. 
before he revealed himself. Yeah. That's a key thing in forgiveness. It's making sure that you don't broadcast it to everybody else yeah. what someone has done to you. Listen to that. Think about that. Practice that in your life. Because things are going to happen to you. And do not broadcast those things broadly. Joseph knew that his brothers, God had a plan for his brothers and his family and Israel to come and live and dwell in the land. And if all of Egypt knew their history, their background of what they did to this person that they all exalt. We love this man. He's preserving us. He's next to Pharaoh. He's a god. And if he would have broadcast it, yeah, well, if you knew what they did to me back here, they would have been treated a lot worse than what eventually even happened to them of being enslaved. So one of the first things I believe in forgiving someone is not to broadcast what they've done to you. It's hard. It's really hard. Very hard. I, I forgive them. I forgive you. And then another thing is to forgive them when they don't think they've done anything wrong. Now that's the hard one. Jesus said, though, on the cross, what did he say? Forgive them. They don't even know they're doing anything yeah. wrong. They don't know what they do. They don't know they're doing anything wrong. They think that they're serving God here. They think they're doing the right thing. Forgive them. <clears throat> he sent everybody out of the room so they wouldn't know. And then he said, I'm, I'm Joseph. He reveals himself. They knew what he, they had done. They were caught. They were afraid. They were like, he has the power over us now. One time we had the power over him. Now he has, the tables have turned. He has the power over us. And you know what they really expected? For him to respond like they responded. Isn't that how we are as humans? Karma. How many here believe in karma? I'm glad no hands went up. Dick. <laughs> Richard. Yeah. Brother. <laughs> you reap what you sow, but that's, uh, yeah, okay. We won't get into it. You ruined my point, brother. But I forgive you. The key point I want to make here is Joseph, through all of the trials, all of the challenges, all of the ups and downs, learned this one lesson, but God. And I want you to incorporate that into your life. Your life is going to have challenges. Your life is going to have setbacks. Your life is going to have trials and difficulties. Uh, you're going to experience uh, both the joys and then the grief. You're going to experience elation, like, wow, I finally got out of this prison, only to be set back into something, and you're going to, what happened here? Oh, man, what did I do wrong? Where are you, God? 
I want us to get into our spirits. But God is writing my story. But God is in this. But God says in Romans, all things work together to my good because I'm called in accordance to his purpose and he has a plan. I don't see your plan right now, God. I don't see how this can actually be a part of what you want to work in me. But it says that he's working in you an ever exceeding weight of glory. How many feel like you're just walking around elated, full of glory right now? Amen. Yeah, two of us. I don't even feel that way. I don't feel that way most of the time. But my feelings have nothing to do with God's truth. My feelings really betray me more than anybody else. In fact, if I'm going to be offended at somebody, if I'm going to need to forgive something, I need to forgive myself because my feelings betray me more than anything. We must have eyes to see what you intended for evil. God uses it and meant it for good. Because God's got a plan for his people. He's got a plan for his church. It says the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. I don't often feel that. I feel often that I'm in a stalemate. A lot of times I feel like I don't know that I've advanced at all. Somebody called me this past week Praise God, a teenager called me this past week, said that God gave them a word for me. Amen. They were afraid to give it because they know me. And they're like, what if he rejects my word? What if he doesn't see the same? What if he takes this wrong? We have all these fears. They broke through their fears and had their mother call me. <laughs> but then I said, put her on the phone. I want to hear this word. And they, they gave me the word. I said, that is so right on. It is so spot on to what God is trying to say to me and do in my life. What I would like you to do, because I know me, as soon as I tell Nancy what the word was, I'll forget 98% of it. Yeah, write it down. I said, write it down and send it to me. 
I gotta have this word. I gotta keep looking at this word. I gotta have my eye on this word. I gotta pray into this word. I gotta speak into this word because I want it to come to pass and I want the plan of God in my life to be fulfilled. We must have eyes to see that God is in our story. In the things you face, he has a purpose. What did we read up there? Just leave that up there, that statement by C.S. Lewis. It's powerful. Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. It is difficult. It is hard. It is a process. It is a life event. Sometimes it's more of a struggle to forgive than it is to get over. Yeah. A lot of times we live in a place where we're always looking at what happened to us. Forgiveness can erase that, like with Joseph. He didn't deny what happened in the past. But forgiveness brings about the ability to no longer live in the past, but walk in the future. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, and men of force lay hold on it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You are a part of an exclusive club. You are a part of this exclusive thing called the kingdom of God. It's forcefully advancing. It's moving forward. It's changing the earth. It's changing lives. Nothing has been able to stop it. It says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In its birth, in its infancy, the kingdom of God could not be stopped by the Roman Empire, the most powerful thing on the face of the earth at the time. It could not be stopped during the Dark Ages. All the wars that have been waged has not stopped it. The Iron Curtain could not stop it. The Bamboo Curtain could not stop it. Nothing can stop it. It's the most powerful force in the universe. It's called the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and you are a part of this Amen. dynamic force. And in the midst of being a part of this dynamic force, sometimes you probably feel like, I don't know, God, I just can't forgive that person. Because we're dealing with something that God wants to get to. See, a part of the force of the kingdom of God is that he is changing you. And he's making you into his image. Last week, I talked about us having a redeemer. I talked about how 
growing up, I had SNH blue chip, uh, blue uh, SNH green stamps and blue chip stamps, and you would collect your stamp books and you would take them to the redemption center and you'd get something for that. Now listen to this. For those that weren't there, for those that were, redemption means this: Jesus is our redeemer. You go to the redemption center, you turn it in. You go to the redemption center, you turn yourself in. God doesn't take you and kind of brush off the tarnish and say, oh, you look pretty good now. I, I've made you better. God is not about making you better. He makes you a completely new, altogether new. I have been... When I received Jesus and I, I turned myself into the redemption center of Jesus Christ, he made me a completely new creation in him. Yet, I still walked around thinking a lot of times, I still do today, that I'm this old nature. But that's a lie. That is a lie. That nature is dead. I've got to... Uh, Thank you. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got to do what else? Anybody? Let's do it. Yeah? The old man is dead. How did he die? <laughs> yeah. Amen. All right. Moving along. Joseph's brothers were totally forgiven by Joseph, but they didn't walk around with that as a revelation in their hearts. They were, they were fearful. Retribution was on the way. Right. Payback is, I won't say it. Payback is a bad thing. It's coming. It's going to happen. It didn't happen. Because Joseph saw something. And what did Joseph see? What are you going to see in the midst of this coming year in your ups and downs, both in the good times and the bad? God meant it for good. God is writing my story. God has a plan. The Lord Jesus Christ has got a plan for my life. And when that is a reality and you're walking in that, when you stumble, when you fall, when something happens to you, when someone betrays you, when... Uh, a relationship collapses when when an accident happens it will be difficult but God has a plan and means it for good Amen. second Timothy I'll end with this I think it fits if it doesn't just go with it and say, ah, that was good, Pastor. The only way we can ever come to a place of saying, I believe, I believe this, this is just me. I don't want you to take this as, as doctrine and go it away going, well, there was that false doctrine again. <laughs> Um, 
is the only way I can come to a place in my own life of saying, but God meant all of this for good is because I have my eyes on Him, not on myself, not on my circumstances, not on what happened to me, and not who did it. Second Timothy chapter 3, are we there? Okay, before we go there, I'm just going to tell you something out of Galatians 5 about thankfulness. It says, be thankful in all things. Now, let me tell you something. Thankfulness is not the opposite of ungratefulness. Should I say that again? Thankfulness is not the opposite of ungratefulness. Thankfulness is a fruit of the Spirit that comes from a different root system. Ungratefulness comes from the spirit of the world and from the fruit and the root of selfishness. They're two different things altogether. They're not even an antidote for one another. I don't even want to relate it in those terms. They're completely two different kingdoms, two different trees, two different fruits. Thankfulness is a fruit that comes from the Spirit of God. Ungratefulness is the fruit of self and selfishness. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Now, I'm going to add something there. Timothy, there will be very difficult times. Vic, there will be very difficult times. Darlene, there will be very difficult times. Alan, there will be very difficult times. But know this. God will use it for good. God means it for good. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. That's a mouthful. Now, read through that. And as you read through that, If any particular person or thing or circumstance, person in particular, pops into your mind, then you have to walk over here to forgiveness once again. And to reach forgiveness, we need the love of God. And to get the love of God, what do you do to get the love of God? It says the Holy Spirit brings the love of God, it shoots it, shot into your heart, spread abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. 
These things are all linked together. The fruit of thankfulness, it's a fruit, comes from the Holy Spirit. Joseph in his life became thankful. Joseph in his life became thankful because he began to see God once again. There are times in our lives we lose sight of being able to see God at work. Because we sing the songs, you've never failed me, yet we feel failed. We sing the song, I'm going to see a victory. Well, I didn't see one. I don't feel very victorious here. I don't see how that could ever be a vic called a victory. But God meant it for good. Well, the kids are done early. I'm going to finish early. Let's see. I'll finish with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. One is in the Lord's Prayer. It's a good thing to pray the Lord's Prayer and learn what the depths of the Lord's Prayer is. In it, he says, uh, forgive us. Those we've forgive us our trespasses and forgive those who've trespassed against us. I utilize that in my prayer life a lot. I take individuals that the Holy Spirit brings to my mind and I release them, I forgive them, and I have grown to no longer see myself and, and, and the hurt inflicted, but I've grown to a place where when I think of those individuals that have failed me in the past or hurt me or you know, the kid driving the car that killed my son, I, I literally have a love of God for them. But in Ephesians 4, verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Amen. Shall we stand and close with uh, praise to the Lord? He's worthy of praise. Amen. Huh? Yeah, whatever. You're in charge, bro. <laughs> People are often unreasonable and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. Yeah. If you're honest, people may cheat you. Be honest anyway. Yeah. If you find happiness, people may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today may be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give your best anyway. For you see, in the end, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Amen. I do have a little testimony of the goodness of God. Last week, you know, I lost the key to my wife's car. 
And we were all looking for it. Everybody that helped search for it, I want you to know we found it. I put it in a bag that I handed to Bob Bergeron and he took it to Anchorage. He later thanked me for the wonderful Christmas present of a new car. <laughs> Said he'd be out to pick it up. But we found the key, it was in a bag. I don't know why I put it in there and we gave it to Bob and he took it to Anchorage. So <laughs> let's just praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.